1: Hello and welcome to Divorce Literacy. I'm your host Alex Sanchez, and today I have the privilege of spotlighting my good friend and colleague uh, Stephanie Godwin. Stephanie, how are you today?
0: Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being here and welcome. And uh, as I as I just mentioned, you know, it, it's an honor to uh, spotlight you because uh, I, I, you know we were conversating before this, and you know, I, I expressed to you how. How 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 your profession is really underserved. I mean, what you do for 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 individuals is is amazing. Uh, and, and Stephanie, I, I mentioned to you that I, I I myself went through a divorce years ago, and uh, and unfortunately, I ha- I didn't you know I didn't have the you know, no one offered me your services, the services that that you would provide, and and I think that would have helped me in in, in a situation when I was going through a divorce. Uh, so that's why you know I I wanted to you know I have such a great deal of respect for your profession uh, Stephanie, I wanted to spotlight you. you kind of give you the opportunity to uh speak about yourself and and the services that you uh, provide uh for, especially for individuals that are going through a divorce and, and you know and can't handle that drama um uh, and and you need someone to speak to. So Stephanie, what you know tell us a little bit about yourself who uh, you know who are you uh you know how you how did you get into the uh, into the field of therapy?
0: Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I so respect your self um, reflection and your kind words. I'm sure that uh, helps you serve your um, clients well in the absolutely. work that you do.
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: Um, Yeah, so I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, which that um, title is inclusive of couples and family work, but can also be a little bit misleading um, because it's more a description of how we conceptualize um, cases and issues going on with clients than it is a description always of who's in the room. Um, so the idea is that we're always looking at somebody in context of all the systems that influence how they're showing up in front of you today. So that's everything from, you know, like medical issues. If you start with the person as an individual system to their family of origin, to their cultural context um, and out and out and out and out to all of the things that influence a person. I'd say that's the high level category of um like the conceptualization that we work with uh, which I do think is important because there's so much shame and stigma that can come up when talking about a lot of these issues but when we consider that I would even say all symptoms that somebody is presenting with make sense in context of their story Um, I feel like it's that initial exhale where it's like, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. We just need to contextualize what's going on. Um, So then under that umbrella, I'm also a certified EMDR therapist and consultant. Um, So that is primarily um, known for being a therapy that works with traumatic memories. Yeah. um, And I was
1: actually, I I was, I'm sorry, I I was actually on your website and that's amazing uh, you know, you're you're uh, what you're certifying is that. Uh, so, speak a little bit about that. Is the EMDR, uh, you know, what does that mean, and, and what does that actually? Uh, how does that actually help a client? That's that was interesting. I actually, by the way, folks, uh, Stephanie's uh, contact information and a link to our website will be uh, under this video. So, please feel free to read up on on Stephanie's background and and learn a little more about what EMDR. But Stephanie, tell us a little more a uh, little more about what that is.
0: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it originated as a as a type of therapy that works with trauma, but we conceptualize trauma on a spectrum from big T, which is probably everything that comes to mind when you hear the word, to little T, which is just any event in life that overwhelms our nervous system. Because when that happens, that experience can't integrate in our body in the way that natural learning occurs, and they can get stuck. in our brain and end up triggering us later in life. Um, and actually, um, related to divorce and couples infidelity is one common thing that I personally work with. And we often see that the betrayed partner will even develop symptoms of PTSD, um, following the revelation of an infidelity. So, um, it is a little bit hard to to make EMDR brief, but uh, you would work together with a therapist to identify something in your life that's triggering you, and then we would look for the the earliest and and most intense time that you experienced something similar, and then the thing that's the most different about EMDR is then you would choose a memory and go through a set of uh, so the therapist would ask you. Um, a protocol-based series of questions to activate different parts of your brain related to the memory. So it's stuff like, as you think of the memory, what image comes to mind? What emotions do you feel? What is the negative belief you're having about yourself? And then you would go through a set of bilateral stimulation, which is primarily done through eye movements, but can also be done through tapping. And there's a few decades of research behind this as an effective model. There's still ongoing research as to why it's effective, but one of the working um, theories about that is that this type of bilateral movement stimulates the brain in a way that's similar to the way that the brain is activated during REM sleep. So stands for rapid eye movement. It's our deepest, most restorative stage of sleep. But while you're awake and completely aware of what's going on. So um, the example I often give, because I think it's easy for people to understand, is if you were in a car accident, right. And then, you know, imagine a few weeks later you go to get in your car, but, and your heart is racing and your palms are sweaty and you're having that fear response. Right. And maybe it's triggering a belief, like I'm not safe. It's bringing up fear and those uncomfortable sensations in your body. If you were to ask that person, um, barring some extreme, uh, rare situations of total distress association where the person has no idea where they are. Most of the time, if you were to say to that person, as a fact, do you know that this car accident happened a month ago? They would say yes, right? But everything in their body is screaming that they're still in danger now, right? Ah. So often what we see mm-hmm. after EMDR, after reprocessing, this bilateral that I'm talking about, is it gives the, the it helps the brain, so what the logical part of the brain knows, connects to the body, right? So what people are often able to say after is yes, I was in this terrible accident and that's this terrible thing happened to me, but I can feel calm in my body as I think of it now. And there's lots of implications of this, um, in working with couples whether it's infidelity or our partner is always the best person to trigger our unresolved childhood wounds yeah. um and it can be very effective in working through that as well
1: and stephanie i i you know you actually made me re- you know i was reminiscing right now while you were saying all this about uh going back to my case but you know um I, I I think that even if your services would have been over to me, I probably wouldn't have taken it. And 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 the reason why because it, it's lack of education, you know, it really was. You know, and and, and I and I, and I and it was such a big mistake for me not to take, uh, you know, therapy because I was still dealing with a lot of, you know, I had just gotten out of a divorce. I was still dealing with a lot of emotional and and you know trust, yeah. not being able to trust, you know, trust issues and. And you know, I I, I jumped into a, a relationship without healing, and obviously mm-hmm. that relationship didn't work out. And then you know, you know, and and I feel that's what happens to a lot of a lot of clients that you know are going you know going through a divorce mm-hmm. and don't get that healing. So what you said about the uh, APMR, I mean, that's it made me reminisce of what I went through. And mm-hmm. you're absolutely right; it's it's definitely something that's needed, especially going through this case. Why why do you think? there's such a big percentage of of individuals that just don't believe in therapy, but why would you Mm -hmm. do you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thankfully, I believe that that is starting to change. I I think Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's extremely vulnerable to sit with somebody and unpack your story right and and look at the hard stuff it can be much easier in the moment to um drink or overeat or shop or jump from relationship to relationship or the socially acceptable ones overwork over exercise things that are praised right um i so i think it's really vulnerable and hard to to sit down and look at it um but also it, there's layers to this for so many different types of of populations. You know, we socialize men not to talk about their feelings, yeah. and that is dangerous for all of society. <laughs> um, the field historically also has um, really missed and underserved uh, marginalized groups, and we have to own that. Right. So I think that sometimes there's good reason why people um, are afraid to pursue it, um, and also with the right therapist at the right time, it can be really um, powerful, not only for the individual, but also the couple and the family. Um, So we don't, we don't work with kids directly at our practice, but they often are the, um, the casualty of, of when things go bad, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. The the pain that we don't resolve, we just transmit and so especially with children being more powerless in the relationship, um, there's a lot of ripple effect from that. Yeah.
1: And, and now, folks, I, you know, I, I'm a divorce professional, but I'm not an advocate for divorce. I always tell everyone that, you know, I'm not here pushing divorce on anyone. And, 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 you know, bring and, and I bring that up, uh, Stephanie, because, you know, Stephanie's, uh, you know, what, what Stephanie does can help avoid going through a divorce uh, uh stephanie is, is that correct or not i mean do, do you actually have couples coming to you before you know maybe they're entertaining the thought of divorce but let's give it a try you know let's you know so speak a little bit about that you know anyone that's looking to uh kind of like uh i guess couples uh therapy
0: absolutely yeah I mean, on average, most couples wait. I believe when I la- last read, it was like five to six years, um, t- like too long before beginning wow. couples work. So the earlier, the better, <laughs> even premarital, right? Because they're. Wait,
1: you're, you're saying four to five years from the time that s- they start having issues and stuff like that. Yes. So they, they go through four to five years going through issues and turmoil before they decided, wow. That's amazing. As an average,
0: some people it's yeah,
1: long, yeah. longer. I mean, right. we work
0: with couples where it's decades. Wow.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, a premarital is always best if marriage is the goal, right? Because there we can intentionally look at our individual like family of origin and what affected, you know, the way that we show up in relationships today, right? Um, As a practice, we specialize in trauma and complex relationship issues. I primarily do the individual trauma work and my partner primarily does the couples work. Because we're known for working with complex issues, very often couples that reach out have already done couples therapy before and this is either going to work or it's not um and she's an excellent couples therapist who's trained in a wonderful model that is very hard to find called relational life therapy the brief snippet of that is you're working both with the functional adult and the wounded child in both partners um so it's a very powerful work and yes we have had couples stay together and have babies that thought they were about to get divorced Um, and we have had couples separate and that's okay too. While I'm also not like an advocate for divorce, sometimes that is the better option and that's okay. Right. Um, one of the things that we really like to highlight, it's one of the most underutilized services is separation therapy. It is okay to know that you're going to divorce, and still work with a therapist through that process, one to honor the years the family that you shared together um, and two to not destroy each other and everybody else in the process um if If we can help people separate respectfully. Um, That has such uh, powerful implications for um, just the way that you move on and especially if there's children involved. The only caveat to that would be we wouldn't do either couples or separation therapy if there were issues of of, uh, like domestic violence um, or even like extreme emotional abuse, um, it's, uh, contraindicated. So we would refer for individual for that. Um, but if those factors are not at play, um, it, it can be a really powerful and also very, like I said, underutilized service.
1: You know, that's amazing. I, I just learned something. I, I didn't know that separation therapy. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's, yeah, that's great. Now, now uh, Stephanie, let me, what, well, what kind of kind of qualities or criteria should should an individual look for when they're seeking for a therapist? Uh, you know, what kind of advice would you give that individual?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for for better or for worse, but I actually think we have a bit of a um, ethical obligation to be hard on our profession. <laughs> Whatever hard, you said. To be hard, yeah, like to hold each other to a high standard
1: okay okay yeah um
0: and so um there's a few things one you definitely need to work with somebody that you're comfortable with not everybody is going to be the right fit for everybody including myself um for various reasons right so there just needs to be some base level of comfort The therapist should not be talking about themselves the entire time. (laughs) And there's tons of evidence-based models of therapy. You just need to make sure that you're working with one that's applicable to your areas of struggle um, and what's happening for you, right? So um, not everybody um, does like advanced trainings in certain areas and I my opinion is that they're necessary. Um, just like you have certifications in like your niche in in this area uh, with mortgages, right? So um I think it's important to work within your area of competence, even under like the therapy category. Mm-hmm. Um and so if somebody tells you they specialize in everything, they don't specialize in anything and be be wary of that.
1: <laughs> What's that old saying? Jack of all trades, master yeah. of nothing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what what kind of uh you know obviously you've been in you know you you've been in practice for many years you've had a lot of uh, you worked with a lot of clients a lot of cases any particular memorable case without going into details that that actually mm-hmm. had a big impact on you
0: oh absolutely I mean uh, walking through especially something like EMDR um, with someone so and so very often i'm working with adult survivors of childhood trauma um so a lot of like sexual assault there's a lot of things that i i won't name all of them i know they can even be triggering for people to hear um but absolutely when you can witness somebody um find relief from something that has haunted them it's unbelievable. I mean, it's hard to even put into words what a privilege it is. Um, and earlier in my career, I did work with couples initially. And actually, the separation therapy I did with one couple, I always remember them because it was so beautiful to see two people who were both hurting but still wanted but still had love for each other and huh. i know that's not always the case
1: right yeah
0: um but watching them go through that process well and not like destroy their child <laughs> in the process uh, or put or put the burden of what was happening on their child was really
1: moving to watch huh. yeah amazing stephanie what's the is, what's the process for someone to acquire your service uh, did they contact your office, Uh, do you set up an interview? How how, is that process?
0: Sure. Um, So if people reach out through the website, all of the outreaches come to me initially. Um, So it's myself, my partner, and we have two other clinicians on staff. Um, I will see like who, who would be the best fit for them based on what's going on with them, what their availability is, what our clinician's availability is. And if I'm not seeing them myself would connect them to the person who's the best fit. And then, yeah, we would, um, sometimes people don't need it, but we do offer like 10, 15 minute free initial calls just to make sure that it feels like a right fit for everybody, that people are aware of the fee and all of that kind of stuff. Answer any questions.
1: That's a, That's great, and, and folks. Again, uh, Stephanie's uh, contact information. The link to our website will be under this video. Uh, Aspera Therapy, uh, and you guys are located in Rent Bank, Rent Bank, New Jersey. And uh, how long have you guys been there?
0: Um, Elizabeth and I have been there for five years, but three years as Aspera together.
1: So guys, uh, feel free to contact uh, Stephanie's uh, uh, office and 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 set up a, an appointment at, at a minimum. Get some information, and this is something that I I highly recommend. It's something that I regret not doing when I was going through my divorce. Feel free to contact Stephanie and her crew uh, to get some more information. And uh, again, Stephanie, thank you so much. I I, I can't uh, end this without having you given uh, asking you to give us some uh, final thoughts.
0: Hmm. Thank you for having me. I mean, I really just would encourage and also respect uh, anybody who's willing to do this work and thank you for normalizing it and for being a male to normalize it. Cause that's really important. There's so uh, you know, I mean, men have the middle-aged men have the highest rates of suicide by, by a lot. Um, So that's another like passion area of Elizabeth and and ours um, is working with men um, because in in a way it's underserved (laughs) because we haven't made it okay for men to seek therapy. Yeah. Um, And it's better for their families and children and and all of that, not to pass down that pain. Right. Um, So just thank you for normalizing that. And um, yeah, I mean, we're here to answer any questions if we can help
1: definitely I appreciate you so much and thank you for what you do and continue to do it uh guys I I I, I mean folks I really recommend, highly recommend this service uh you know especially uh you know those going through a separation or divorce or, or even some tr- sort of drama you know we all went through a lot uh, during 2020 uh you know having a lot of family members you know pass away and and you know building a, a lot of uh uh Drama and, and sadness inside of us, and, and, and for some reason, you know, for some individuals, you know, like myself, that kind of like likes to hide stuff and you know, not, not share a lot. This is something mm-hmm. that you definitely need to reach out and and speak to a professional like Stephanie and uh, her and her crew. So, guys, definitely reach out. The link is right below. Please reach out to Stephanie and her and uh, her crew as therapy. Very highly recommended. Thank you so much, Stephanie for your time. And I look forward to, uh, continuing to working with you.
0: Same here. Thanks for having me.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening to divorce literacy, discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorce